I don't know if it's immediately apparent from listening to the show, by which I mean I do and it is, but I'm a huge fan of TV tropes. Of particular interest to us today is the trope known as cool versus awesome. That's when the entire selling point of a conflict is how badass both sides are. It doesn't matter so much who's right or wrong or even who wins. That it's happening is more important than how or why. You know what I mean. Pirates versus ninjas, vampires versus werewolves, cowboys versus dinosaurs, cultist hillbillies versus paramilitary commandos. What's that? You're not familiar with that one? Well, you're about to be. In 2014, Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins had been unstoppable as a three-man unit, laying waste to every team that stood in their path on their way to dominating the entire WWE roster. That is, until they found themselves face-to-face with the hypnotic Bray Wyatt and his loyal followers Luke Harper and Eric Rowan, who were massive, vicious, and utterly immune to fear. Today on I Hate Wrestling, it's the Shield versus the Wyatt family. Cool versus awesome. levels mm-hmm. of volume, of alacrity. Am I using that word right? Alacrity? I don't think so. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thanks. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing well. Full disclosure, uh, we met for the first time, let's call it five minutes ago, charitably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think things are going pretty well so far. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think yeah. so. Okay. I think so. And you, and you know what? You're uh, this is this is very flattering to me because as I understand it, you're on some type of vacation or yes. something. And and here I am. My humble podcast is uh, is a fun vacation time activity for y'all. <laughs> well, he lives in Long Island. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm from Long Island. I'm so um, sorry to hear that. I me lived too. In, I lived in Long Island for six months. <laughs> oh God. I did. Um, I lived in Shirley. Oh, <laughs> which is what people say. I lived there. <laughs> Long Islanders say when you say Shirley, they say. <laughs> anyway, I don't live there anymore, so I have hope for you. I'm trying. Yeah, follow, follow, yeah. follow my lead west, I guess, <laughs> to the verdant shores of Jersey City, New Jersey, the the paradise on earth that I now call home. So you're so so you're here for uh, for for a vacation. A, a trip to, to while away your worries, and you have decided to come on my show. Why exactly? I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm... I thought... <laughs> she needed a ride? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always kind of wanted to be on a podcast. Okay, like, me too. I've, That's why I started one. <laughs> I would start one, but... And at, the, at that point, you could be just the greatest podcaster that ever was. You... Want to be the very best, like no one ever was. Oh, of course. <laughs> to catch them is your real test, and them, them, it's, them yeah. is, is, the is podcast listeners. I was about to ask what the them was. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think, and this is just me as a podcaster. I think there are slightly more podcasters than there are people who listen to podcasts. Oh, I agree. <laughs> that's a fair assessment. I completely agree. <laughs> I literally was at a party Saturday night, uh, dressed as a sexy Paul Bunyan. So. So, so look for that on the internet if you want to have just a great time. 
Number one topic of conversation was my thighs. Number two topic of conversation was my podcast. And I met like two people who wanted to be on the podcast. I met another dude who had a podcast about Nicolas Cage movies. Oh, God. So he's going to be a guest at some point. I got to figure out a way to tie Nicolas Cage into pro wrestling, which is harder than you might think. You think he would have been a guest at some point? Yeah, they actually had a weird period in the mid 2000s where Monday Night Raw had. Uh, had weekly celebrity guests, mm -hmm. and celebrity was a real loose. First of all, lowercase c on celebrity. Let's get <laughs> that right off the bat. And it would be like singer-songwriter Jewel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and her, her, her husband, Ty something or other, professional bull rider. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was a thing that happened. Bob Barker, um, the Muppets. Um, <laughs> Which ones? The good All ones. Of them? <laughs> the good ones. It wasn't. It wasn't just like Sam the Eagle or whatever. You had, but you had a Beaker. You had. You had Kermit. You had. Uh, you had Ms. Piggy. You had. Um... Oh, I bet Ms. Piggy was a beast. Oh yeah, <laughs> Ms. Piggy killed a man. <laughs> um, also, uh, one time they were supposed to have. Uh, so I just realized I am being a very bad podcast host. I did not introduce you, my guests. Hello, I'm Shannon. I'm from North Carolina, visiting. And... And do you hate wrestling? I'm about 50-50 on wrestling. 50-50. Beautiful. I'll take it. <laughs> and our other guest tonight. Uh, hi, I'm Jay. Uh, I'm from Long Island, unfortunately. <laughs> um... <laughs> and Jay, do you hate wrestling? I can... I can tolerate wrestling. I don't hate it. Okay. I think it's all right. I this is I can work with this. I can work with this feeling. Now, <laughs> do either of y'all have uh have any previous experience with wrestling? Like, where's that fifty percent of disliking wrestling come from? Probably my teenage phase where I thought everything I liked before was childish. Uh huh. Whenever I was a child, I would I would watch wrestling with my dad. Okay, so we're talking like early 90s here mid 90s yes okay i do remember goldberg goldberg oh and that's and that's the thing because uh you are uh you are a a southern person mm -hmm. so you might have been a wcw person mm -hmm. uh, which uh wcw now sadly departed they yeah. were bought out by wwe in 2001 i was also a wcw person despite the fact that i grew up uh well north of the mason dixon line mm -hmm. but uh you know, there was a big war in the mid-90s between WCW and WWE, and I was always a WCW guy. And unfortunately, they've now, uh, they're sadly departed, but sure, I grew up with Goldberg, I grew up with Sting, I grew up with Four Horsemen, Arn Anderson especially, I loved Arn Anderson. He might have been a little bit before your time. I think so. But man, everybody, please, go back and listen to episode six, Arn Anderson, the Edward G. Robinson of professional wrestling. You will not be disappointed. Featuring a, another uh, Southerner, uh, the, good, the great, the great Jig Strange, who talks to us all about Arn Anderson and his great, great dad bod. Um, so you had to, you, you just sort of grew out of it? I think so. Yeah, it is grow out of a bull. <laughs> um, it's certainly... They don't go out of their way to make it good. <laughs> it's goofy fun. I mean, it is. Yeah. It is. It is goofy fun. Um, but sometimes it is. Uh, they do something that is pretty objectively cool. Yeah. 
And I think what we've got today is something that's objectively cool. Um, in fact, the episode that we're, the episode title I'm kicking around is Cool versus Awesome. <laughs> um, because if you think about it, it's like that, uh, if y'all ever go on TV Tropes. Yeah, once I love TV Tropes. I love TV Tropes, too. See, and one of my favorite tropes is Cool versus Awesome, which is like the, the pirate versus ninja thing. Yeah. Or like dinosaurs versus aliens. Or, or robots versus... Sharks. Sharks. Right. <laughs> uh, make a shark versus giant octopus. And this time, we have a paramilitary SWAT team versus... Swamp dwelling hillbilly cultists, <laughs> natural enemies to be sure. Oh, that that ties into me being from the south. <laughs> yeah, not quite as a, these these are deep 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 south. I mean, I, these guys are supposed to be from the town of Snakebite, Louisiana. Oh, is that a real place? It is. It's it's Bite B I G H T. Very cool. Um, but I blew I blew right past you, uh, Jay. What is your history with okay. uh, with with professional grapplings? Um. Well, growing up in Shirley, because um, <laughs> I actually did. Um, oh it was, no, we were probably neighbors briefly. <laughs> it ain't big. Um, it ain't a big town. No. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was like a big thing. I had a lot of neighbors who were real into it, so they had all the toys and the things. And I was kind of familiar with it, but like I was a yeah. girl, so it wasn't really like a thing that I did. Um, then I got older and had a friend. I still have this friend who is very into wrestling, so I've been to... A, Everybody's got one, right? Yeah. I went to NXT Brooklyn TakeOver like oh, a year which, or two ago. Wh- which one did you go to? I went to the first one. I went to TakeOver 1. I don't remember which number it was, but, uh... What was the main event? (laughs) (laughs) It was, like, a meme for a while. It was, like, a big, like... Like, it was a guy's, like, opening song. He came out, and it was, like, almost like a mountain, and he was wearing, like, a cape. Bobby Roode! I think so. Glorious! Yeah, yes. I won't give in! Yeah, like, the bootleg Queen song. Yeah, yes, yeah. Okay, and it was Bobby Roode at... Bobby Roode versus uh, Drew McIntyre? Big Scottish dude? I think. Like, again, I'm not, like, super into it, it, but, That wasn't a great match, I don't remember. The the TakeOver Brooklyn 1 has the greatest match I've ever seen live. It was Bayley versus Sasha Banks. Incredible. Yeah. Um, I I still have to do an episode about that. I do like Bobby Roode. Uh, Drew McIntyre, I could take or leave. But I've been to the first takeover, and I should have gone to the second takeover. But uh, circumstances, uh, 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 life uh, finds a way, I guess. <laughs> is Bobby Roode related to Rick Roode? He is not. But what? Oh, you you said y'all listened to the to the episode about yeah. Rick Roode, mm-hmm. where Tara pointed out that I have a framed photo of Rick Roode. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here it is, the legendary framed photo of Rick Roode. That is a glorious moment. That looks like it could be like a someone's uncle. Dad. Yeah, well, that's what that must. How 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 thick is that mustache? There's just like three inches. There's like three inches between this man's nose and upper lip. It's impressive. That's Tom like Selleck a, would be jealous. Tom Selleck would be jealous. It's like a steak fry on his lip. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully not soggy. Oh uh, no, that's the worst. <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a crispy steak fry. He's got the one. Yeah. Rick Rude's got the world's only good steak fry <laughs> above his lip. <laughs> that guy fucks. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! 
Definitely. A Regis Philbin would agree. <laughs> you gotta see the body on this guy! If you don't know what I'm talking about, please listen to episode one, uh, Simply Ravishing, and then go to YouTube and search Rick Rude, Regis, and Kathy Lee. I promise neither one will, do, will be a disappointing experience for you. <laughs> if you ever wanted to see, and it's entirely possible that you don't know that you wanted to see this, that you needed to see this, uh, Regis Philbin's face airbrushed on a man's butt as he's sort of just gyrating it. Oh, sick. You may not know that this is what you need. This is the content that you need, but trust me, this is the content that you need. Oh, there was one more wrestling thing I wanted to mention. Go ahead. Um, I got really into Juggalo Championship Wrestling for a while. <laughs> uh, uh, excuse me, Juggalo Championship Wrestling. No, it was good. <laughs> no, 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 that's literally the name. It's literally called Juggalo Championship Wrestling. That's actually the name. <laughs> oh. Well, good for them, I guess. No, that's, I... <laughs> man, if like... I could think of one thing to say about the insane clown posse and the Juggalo subculture, it would be, man, good for them, I guess. That's, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you found something that worked for you. Yeah, uh, I dated a juggler once in high school. Oh no! You know, you know, violent. Did that work for you? No. no. <laughs> well, Jay's a furry now. Oh no! <laughs> what? No, did Vi no, is violent. Don't tell me that. Is violent Jay the one who tried to fight Fred Durst last week, or was that Shaggy Two Dope? No, wait, Shaggy Two Dope's a furry now. And Violent J is the one who tried to fight Fred Durst? Violent J is the one that looks like Smash Mouth and Guy Fieri. Oh, no. Shaggy Two Dope is the other one, who's like maybe brown. And they, one of them tried to fight Fred Durst last week, and I'm not making this up. Uh, this is straight from 15 years ago. Like, I, yeah. It sounds like he made it up. Yeah, and another, and another WCW-WWE matchup, because uh, the, the ICP were WCW guys, That's and right. Fred Durst... Was uh, was the Undertaker played the Undertaker to the ring at WrestleMania 18, uh, performing his his hit single, uh, "Rollin' Rollin' Rollin' Chia," I think is the full title of that of that tune. Oh, the Chia is it in parentheses? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just making sure because I want to be able to look that up later. Yeah, check um, that out on iTunes later. Once you're done subscribing to my podcast on iTunes, look up the Fred Durst classic, "Rollin' Rollin' Rollin' Chia." <laughs> Uh, if you can find it, uh, nice red hat remix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another thing I wanted to mention is that Ric Flair is huge down to, because he's from North Carolina. Oh, yes. Yes. It's Flair country, they call it. It is. And he's like, he's every, I, I assume he's at every like mall opening and, uh, Probably. Waffle House. Like if you just go to the Waffle <laughs> oh, House, Ric Flair is in the corner booth. Do you know how, what Isn't my dream would be to meet Ric Flair at my local Waffle House? Like, that... At, like, 2 a.m. <laughs> drenched in cigarette smoke. Like, <laughs> What's yeah. up, Rick? Woo! <laughs> Woo! Bye, God! It's me at the Waffle House! <laughs> That's my Ric Flair impression. I do impressions. Is that you? You've heard some of those, right? Yes. Oh, how was Ric Flair? Was that B plus? I like to I like to say I'd sell for a B plus. Yeah. B plus Ric Flair, everybody. That's, you heard it here yeah. first. Um, I wish you know we don't have any Waffle Houses up here. I would I would have said a funny thing that they have on the menu. Well, bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> bless, bless my heart. Yeah, they got uh. uh but y'all have diners. We have diners. And diners are fucking great. 
Yes, I agree. I love a diner. I really do. Um, my main complaint about diners up here is that you can't get biscuits and gravy. Oh, I've been missing that yeah. since I moved back here because yeah. I lived in Georgia for a while in Virginia. Yeah, you biscuits and gravy. You can get you get that shit anywhere. You're lucky. You're, you're lucky if you can find a, a diner that's got corned beef hash around these parts, oh. which is unfortunate. I love corned beef hash and I love biscuits and gravy, but and sweet man, tea. Sweet, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of brisk, <laughs> which is not. Yeah. That, that that's nothing God did. We're like no, the, it's not. <laughs> my family's like the powdered tin of like Lipton, yeah. just ten cups of it in like three tablespoons of water. Yeah, yeah. It's rough. <laughs> yeah, our, our tea comes in syrup form. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Never. So, I guess um, we've, we've established that you hate wrestling a little bit, or at least you feel as though you've outgrown wrestling a little bit. So, we, we, so that's, what's, uh, that's, that's what our, our history is with pro wrestling. Oh, um, well, well, one oh, more oh, thing. Oh, there's more things. Oh. Yeah. My friends in South Jersey that I visited are really into wrestling. Yes. My friend Amos is really into Roman Reigns. Okay. We're going to see some Roman Reigns today. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> and her eight-year-old son loves John Cena. Okay. We right. actually went to the farmer's market, well, the Amish market in Williamstown, and she bought him, he already had a John Cena action figure, but she found another one. And <laughs> At the Amish market? Do they carve him a John Cena out of wood? That's what I asked, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a John Cena on wheels okay. with a little string and you can pull him along. <laughs> like a hobby horse, John His Cena. His mouth kind of chatters open. Like. Right. It was like a consignment shop. Okay. Kinda. There was like sure. some dude that had a bunch of wrestling paraphernalia. Uh-huh. <laughs> paraphernalia. Paraphernalia. Been arrested for <laughs> possession of wrestling paraphernalia. Um... We're not going to see any John Cena. Roman Reigns is one of the is one of the six participants in this match. All right. But I will say, if your friend's child is a big fan of John Cena, what they should do is they should listen to episodes fourteen and fifteen of the I Hate Wrestling podcast, where we talk about John Cena, CM Punk, and Rob Van Dam, and John Cena's role in. Uh, sort of embodying the WWE status quo and the North American pro wrestling status quo as a whole. Um, uh, don't don't let your friend's child listen to it. It's full of cussing. Oh. You can fucking get over it. Okay, cool. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> fucking get over it, Dylan. Dylan? Child. Warren. Warren. Get over it, Warren. <laughs> Small boy. <laughs> I, I genuinely hope I somehow made this child more popular. Warren, if you're listening to this, I love you. <laughs> uh, we haven't met. Um, I would feel weird about saying it, but, you know, um, I believe in you. <laughs> Someday you'll have all the wooden wrestlers. Just like a pi- like a, I'm picturing like a cigar store Indian, but it's John Cena. <laughs> If anybody wants to, if any friends of the show um, want to make me a cigar store ravishing Rick Rude with just some real polished abs, I would take that in a heartbeat. Please. That'd take a while. That'd it would like take a, a while. That'd be like a treasure. Like, you yeah. like. It's an heirloom. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you send it to me, and I will sell it to Regis Philbin for $10,000. <laughs> and uh, I have to say, 
Warren would approve of all of this because he is also obsessed with Godzilla. Oh yeah, we're we're pointing out that my my room has a a full complement of uh, Godzilla soft vinyl figures because uh, I don't know if this has come up previously, but I am possibly the biggest Godzilla nerd on the planet. As a, <laughs> in addition to being a pro wrestling encyclopedia, are you him from the future? Am I him from the God? I hope not. That would be weird. Wow. Just blew my mind right there. I don't know if I like that. That would be great, because that, be, that would mean, presumably, that the world is not going to end. <laughs> Maybe you... Warren, you got to stick it out, buddy. Oh, shit. It's all on you. You're, you're the John Connor in this situation. <laughs> Maybe that's why you're back here. Maybe. I should probably remember, though. Unless, maybe... Does anybody maybe know if traveling back in time erases your, your memory? That would suck. Maybe they mm. men and black you. Maybe. Who did? I don't know. Skynet? The, I don't know. The, the podcast <laughs> listeners. <laughs> uh, so, I guess at this point we should probably talk about the, the homework. Right? So, yeah. what did y'all think of the homework? What, what impressions did you have of the six gentlemen that you met a, you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right? This was... This was probably in the middle of Duck Dynasty blow-up, right? <laughs> this is a little bit... This is 2014. So it's a little bit post-Duck Dynasty. Because, I swear, he looks like... Um, if Post Malone and... <laughs> he does look like Post Malone. And whatever... The dude, the one dude from Duck Dynasty had a baby. Okay. But, I mean... A, a big, scary, bearded baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good uh, description of, of Mr. Bray Wyatt as a big, scary, bearded baby. He is, <laughs> he is the he is the patriarch of the Wyatt family, and that is the sort of clan of swamp dwelling, hilljack cultists that can teleport, and they can appear on the they can appear on the screen. And uh, he doesn't seem to have very good uh, breath control because he's constantly gasping. There's a lot of gasping and a lot of. Uh, a lot of sinister chuckling. Uh, I don't know if you... If, I'm sure some of y'all have seen Cape Fear. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was filmed in my state. There you go. I live like a mile from the Cape Fear River. Okay, so uh, Bray Wyatt is... He's pretty clearly a... Uh, there's elements of Max Cady to him. Mm. The, uh, the, the fedora and the Hawaiian shirt and the sort of uh, creepy eloquence... To him, I think he's definitely uh, he's definitely based at least partially on Max Cady, but then also uh, that's that's Bray Wyatt, and he's the the leader of the of the Wyatt family. But there's two other there's two other fellas in there: uh, Luke Harper, who's the guy with long hair, and Eric Rowan, who's the guy with no hair, except for the big beard. <laughs> they all have a lot of beard hair, <laughs> but. You get the feeling with the uh, with the Wyatt family that Bray Wyatt, obviously since it's his family, that he's the one in charge. You you definitely get the feeling that he is speaking for them and they are his. Uh, well, he calls them his. Sometimes they're his brothers. Sometimes they're his sons. But he's definitely uh, he's definitely the head of this family. They might be both. They might be both. It, <laughs> I don't know how things go in Snake Bite. But uh, yeah, and I can make fun of that because I'm from the south. That's true. I would I wouldn't dare. 
I, I wouldn't dare. I would feel, uh, I would be aghast. Um, so that's, uh, so that's the, uh, so that's the, the, the Wyatt family. And then their opponents here are, uh, the Shield. Called, yeah, called, that's Roman Reigns. <laughs> oh. That's, that's Roman Reigns, the sort of bootleg, uh, Jason Momoa. He's very hot. Um, I can see why Amos is into him. Yeah. I, I could, I, I, I'm, I'm mad enough to admit that Roman Reigns is a very attractive, uh, very attractive man. Uh, not exactly my type. I'm more of a ravishing Rick Rude type myself. But Roman Reigns is certainly, <laughs> he's certainly a very handsome man, very marketable. He's the Rock's cousin, which helps a lot. Isn't everybody rock, the Rock's cousin? Everybody's Samoan is the Rock's cousin. Yeah. Yeah, that came up in the <laughs> car ride. <laughs> yeah, everybody's Samoan is the Rock's cousin, except for Samoa Joe. They're not related. Um, That's a shocker. The, the thing that I think is funny about Roman Reigns and his sort of being a bootleg Jason Momoa is that a lot of times this will happen in pro wrestling. There was a guy, Rob Van Dam, who was like a bootleg Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm. Right? But in this case, uh, listen to episode 15, everybody. Um, where I talk about Rob Van Dam, but in this case, the bootleg pro wrestling Jason Momoa is actually smaller than the real Jason Momoa. <laughs> Roman Reigns is like six two or six three, and Jason Momoa is six four. <laughs> he like you said, he's very attractive. He's a very attractive man. A lot of muscles on him. Looks good in a in a like a, a sexy leather s- SWAT yeah. outfit. I mean, he's wearing a SWAT vest, which is a little bit weird. Frankly, I think that should be illegal. I don't think you should be allowed to wrestle in body armor. But what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like maybe an unfair advantage. Well, why don't they give everybody body armor? It'd just be like. Well, then that would be football. It'd be like oh. jousting. Jousting, yeah. Why don't it? Why don't wrestlers get to ride horses? Fist jousting. Well, there's no here, balls involved, so it'd just be foot. Here's what I want. Here's what I want. WWE, I hope you're listening. Vince, Vince McMahon, <laughs> I know you're listening to this. Listen, <laughs> I know you're trying to do the XFL again. Don't do it. Do extreme jousting, and you're gonna have Roman Reigns riding a horse, and yes. you're gonna have James Rode riding Dulé Hill, <laughs> and it's gonna be the main event of Joustomania One. Oh shit. <laughs> what if they jousted on segways? Mm. So it's James Rode riding on Dulé Hill, who's piloting a segway. Yes, that, that's dangerous. <laughs> they never the, the state athletic commission would never sign off on that. You'd have to do it on an island in the Pacific somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you know, based on the interaction that you saw in that homework, what do you feel like we're gonna see in this in this match? Um, it's gonna get real sweaty. <laughs> yeah. Um, SWAT gear is very sweaty. Yeah. Um, there's gonna be a lot of beard flying around because there was a lot of beard and like that lamb mask guy. Yes, Eric Rowan. Um, I would be very surprised if there's not some banjo involved. Dueling banjos. These are all valid predictions. Valid predictions. Because I know the WWE kind of goes really hard with their stereotypes. They sure do. <laughs> they sure do. Here, here's a question. Who's your sense of who the good guys and bad guys are in this match? Because pro wrestling can be a little bit weird morality-wise. Right? Like, sometimes The Undertaker was a good guy. Mm. And he's like, he's like a seven-foot-tall, undead funeral professional who sometimes does human sacrifices and is sometimes a biker. But my point is that you wouldn't expect somebody like The Undertaker to ever be a good guy, 
but he has been for huge yeah. chunks of time. So pro wrestling morality is a little bit weird. So my question to you is, you have magic hillbilly cultists on one side. You have weird paramilitary SWAT guys on the other side. Whose side do you think we're supposed to be on? Oh, God, that's hard because it's, both of the sides are like... It's morally ambi- ambiguous. Yeah. They feel like they both pander to the um, audience because I know a lot of Southerners watch wrestling. It would be like supporting the police, but also kind of supporting the fellow man. <laughs> So support the police state. Right. So we see. So when you see when you see Roman Reigns out there all sweaty in his uh, in his in his SWAT gear, you're thinking, you know what? Blue lights do matter. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so that's valid. It's it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to make that decision. I think. Okay. So I guess we can discuss um, the specific rules of this match. So this is a six-man tag team match. First fall to a finish. If any of the magic hillbilly cultists get pinned, all the magic hillbilly cultists have lost. Same thing is true of the SWAT team. Oh, here's something I wanted to bring up. Uh, it doesn't really come up in the, in the lead-up to this, but the S.H.I.E.L.D. had been around for about a year at this point. The mm-hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D., that is our, our SWAT team friends. Uh. Yeah. See, I thought that was just, like, the name of one of them. No, uh... It's like their super group of uh, dudes. Super dude group, that's right. Super mega SWAT team force. Super mega SWAT team force, 2K14. Um, Oh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. had been a force for about a year at this point, and they were pretty much unbeatable, uh, especially as a three-man unit. They had lost some two-on-two matches, but they were still, as a unit had incredible chemistry, were almost invincible. They would be a favorite against any group, any three-man group on the planet. And the Wyatt family were new. The Wyatt family just showed up. Oh, this is like when they first started? Yes. So okay. the Shield had been around for a year and had had probably the best rookie year for any three-person group ever. Mm-hmm. Just they went from being nobodies to being the hottest stars in the company uh, immediately on the level of uh, The Undertaker and, and guys like that who've been around for 20 years. They beat The Undertaker and Kane like, and beat the, it just destroyed them. It was, it was pretty crazy to see people like this just sort of appear from the ether and just because they were so good and their chemistry was so good and their timing was so perfect and they complemented each other so well, Roman Reigns is strong and explosive and Dean Ambrose is unpredictable and Seth Rollins is athletic and fearless and just the sort of combination. They, they worked together so well that they became a huge deal. And the Wyatt family showed up without this kind of fanfare but kind of made a beeline straight for the Shield. Mm. And they were the Shield at this point was very feared the rest of the roster was very intimidated by the shield and the presence of the shield would make uh, you know they they come to the ring through the crowd and their thing is surrounding somebody in the ring like roman reigns will come down the ramp but seth rollins will be coming down the stairs on the far side and dean ambrose will be coming around the other side and they'll just surround somebody in the ring so they can't get out they 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 call them the hounds right because they're just they're like attack dogs mm. So when the S.H.I.E.L.D. music would hit, 
people would just freeze because somebody was going to get their ass kicked. There was no way around it. If all three S.H.I.E.L.D. guys were there, there was no escaping them. The Wyatt family, as you saw in that video, appeared and came right up to the S.H.I.E.L.D. This did not happen. The Wyatt family was fearless, probably because they're crazy. <laughs> and they seemed to target the S.H.I.E.L.D. specifically because of this reputation that they had. So at this point, we have this absurdly well-oiled team of guys perfectly complementing each other, arranged against an unknown quantity. We don't know much about the Wyatt family. We don't know much about their interpersonal dynamics other than the fact that Bray Wyatt is definitely in charge, but we do know that the reputation that the S.H.I.E.L.D. has been building ain't shit to the Wyatt family. So now we get to see why the Wyatt family doesn't fear the S.H.I.E.L.D. And we get to see the S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, tested against an unknown quantity. So uh, people were hype for this match. Big time. Are y'all hyped for this match? Yeah. Yeah. I'm relatively hyped. Relatively hyped. Okay. So uh, we are watching... We are watching The Shield versus The Wyatt Family from Elimination Chamber 2014. Uh, we are about to, uh, to press play right now if you want to follow along. And here we go. So uh, we're, we're heading into the, the camera's heading into the audience because the, uh, we're starting with The Shield. And... The shield comes down through the audience. The, the idea is that they want to show that they control the battlefield. They control the arena, okay. right? So the shield likes to come down a different way every time just to show that they've scouted the building. They know the ins and the outs, hmm. right? They have uh, complete control. Uh, Seth Rollins is first here. Shows that he's uh, Mr. Athletic by flipping. Dean Ambrose is just yelling. And here's Roman Reigns being very wet. Yeah, is there a reason for the greasy, moist hair? <laughs> uh, it's just part of his look. He's just he's just being a sexy shampoo commercial man. And I think they just they just upended an entire gallon of water over his head. <laughs> My name is Roman Reigns, and I am taking the ice bucket challenge. <laughs> yeah, that was twenty fourteen, right? Yeah, that was that was hot at that point. <laughs> So there, so there's Roman with his his SWAT vest, and uh, I like uh, what I think is interesting is that they all sort of they all clearly have a different energy about them. Mm. You know what I mean? They are they're wearing a uniform. Yeah. Obviously, but the implication there is that they're all on the same page, right? Yeah. They're they're equal team members, and here we have Bray Wyatt. Lighting his lantern. Oh, yeah. With, uh, and he's, uh, we're seeing a close-up right now. And he says, we're here. The lights go out. And at this point, we are hearing, uh, no banjos, unfortunately. But we are hearing a very creepy sort of country-western uh, number called Live in Fear. Everyone's got their phones on at this point. I always thought this was really cool. Yeah. Um, they call, uh, Bray Wyatt calls these people the Fireflies. <laughs> That's cool. That is cool, right? 
Yeah. Did he just try to do a duck call? <laughs> He's not a duck dynasty person. <laughs> <laughs> He's not the duck commander. <laughs> I did see somebody who tried to do turkey calls with their teeth. I mean, with their mouth. Like... I don't, I don't know that he's ever done that. And he's sort of uh, manifested a, a creepy rocking chair. <laughs> <laughs> the lights went out, and when they came back on, Bray Wyatt is sitting in, in, in Meemaw's old rocking chair. Oh, there was definitely, like, four stagehands <laughs> in total black. <laughs> Quick! <laughs> like, uh, ninjas, like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the guys in black during Bunraku poetry. Pu- no, puppetry, I'm so sorry. Oh. And that, isn't that the guy from System of a Down? <laughs> Who's that, Luke Harper? Uh, it, I guess. It's uh, Serge Tankian. Yeah. Tending. Okay, that's the that's the guy in the very disturbingly right. greasy yeah. <laughs> gray wife beater. Oh, you love a man in a wife beater, right? <laughs> not that one. <laughs> <laughs> not that one. It's a very unpleasant looking stain. It is. It's, everybody's moist. Everybody's moist. Yeah. <laughs> so I we, feel bad for the guy in the sheep. In the sheep face. Eric Rowan. Mongo only pawn in Game of Life. <laughs> <laughs> so. The, the, the sheep mask should tell you a little bit about the Wyatt family, that they are followers, right? That's, that's an implication. And we see uh, Bray Wyatt has his guys. They are 100% under his control. You see there, they're just waiting. And Dean Ambrose is just uh, jawjacking here with Bray Wyatt. He is already uh, sort of emotionally riled up. Yeah, I I got that from like their introductions. Like he's the hot headed one, and and Roman Reigns is like the cool leader type. And then uh, <laughs> I guess oh there it goes oh. there it goes. So uh, they were trying to uh, the the Shield was trying to back off uh, Dean and take him into the corner so they could start the match. And Dean decided to just attack the Wyatts, and the Shield, after a brief skirmish, has thrown the Wyatts out of the ring. So, I have a question about the ref. Shoot. Is he like a rodeo clown here? Because like, <laughs> they don't really do much of anything in any of these matches I've found. They're just kind of... They're there to count of three. I can... I mean, I can do that too. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I, I did want to point out there's more physical similarity between the Wyatts than there are between the members of the Shield. They're, mm-hmm. they're more of a type. Yeah, I think than the than the shield is, and then see that we had uh, we had Bray Wyatt easily controlling his two guys, but the shield it takes two guys to calm down Dean Ambrose, yeah. so that should tell you a little bit about the dynamics at play here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we are starting with uh, the match is now starting proper. The bell has rung. Everyone has returned to their corners, and we are starting with the largest and strongest member of the Wyatt family in uh, Eric Rowan against the smallest and fastest member of the Shield in uh, Seth Rollins. So, uh, at this point, by, by utilizing his speed and his agility, he managed to get 
Eric Rowan into the corner, whereupon he tagged to Roman Reigns, and now we have Powerhouse v. Powerhouse. Shake and bake. Shake and bake, baby! <laughs> uh, first or last! So, uh, ooh! Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's maybe why you don't send your your small, fast guy against the big, strong guy. Um, the, the, shields, the shield guys were trying to do uh, quick tags, and, oh, Ooh. Seth Rollins just got shoulder blocked into the air and he did a flip and landed on his head uh, by Eric Rowan and now we have tagged out to uh Surge Tankian Lurch <laughs> Tank Topian uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've tagged out to to Luke Harper who is the uh, the fastest and most agile member of the Wyatt family so now uh, and now we've tagged out to Bray Wyatt, who is just, you definitely see, I think, the most ferocity in Bray Wyatt. You see a lot of, a lot of anger in this dude, right? He's always, he seems so smiley and so laughy when he's talking, but you can sense in his physicality a lot of, a lot of aggression. And now Roman Reigns is back in, and now we are doing sort of uh, leader to leader. So one of the cool things about a six-person match like this is that you get to see how many different interpersonal dynamics. I'm not great at multiplication, but... Was don't it make me do math. Nine? Is it nine different? I went to art school. I don't know how to do math. <laughs> um, but, but that's my point, is that you get to see so many different, yeah. so many different dynamics. And now uh, Roman Reigns is showing the kind of explosiveness that... Uh, that makes him... <laughs> the referee is, is pulling Roman Reigns away because uh, when you have a guy back into a corner, uh, you have five seconds to back Ooh. off. And Roman was uninterested in backing off, so the referee had to physically remove him. Uh, oh, please tell me he's going to do the trunchbull, like, hair, kind of like... <laughs> oh, just whip him around yeah. by the hair. <laughs> and throw him out of the ring. Could, it could happen. Anything could happen. This is this is wild. This is a this is pandemonium. This is a, a good old JR would say this is a Pier Six brawl. I like uh, one of the uh, one of the little character ticks I like from Luke Harper, who's right now trying to suplex Roman Reigns and can't quite <laughs> can't quite do it, and Roman reverses it on him and hits him with a suplex. But I love that whenever Luke Harper comes in. He likes to point and laugh at the shield guys that he's not fighting before he hits the shield guy that he is fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and now here we see uh, oh, Dean Ambrose I'm, again. I'm scrappy yeah. do. Scrappy, <laughs> scrappy do. He's a Let scrappy. Me at him. Yeah. Let me him. I'll murderize him. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have uh, Seth Rollins. Jumping over, uh, oh, a, a nice tag. <laughs> There's something so cartoonish about wrestling. I know, I was just about to say, that was very Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah so we just saw a, a, a very graceful, I think, and very well-coordinated uh, three-man attack to take down Luke Harper and his carpenter jeans. <laughs> and, uh, and Roman Reigns bowled him over, and Luke Harper just sat up with this look on his face like, Boo! <laughs> you can see the little birds flying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, at this point, the shield is doing uh, 
This is very standard tag team strategy, right? You cut the ring in half, you keep the other guys from tagging in, you want to isolate one person, if at all possible, pick a body part and work on it, and constant tags so your team is always fresh and your opponents are, are always worn down. Mm. So, uh, Dean Ambrose now has made an interesting choice in moving him to a different corner. There was no reason he had to move him into that corner. He could have kept him in the corner where his, his, his bros are. But he took him out of the corner, and that is a... Torpedoed into him. Yeah, he, he jumped off the top rope, and now there he goes after Eric Rowan, and... Oh, oh. <laughs> eats Down a, goes Scrappy. Yeah, down goes uh, Scrappy, and he took a massive... I mean, it, you might have thought I was exaggerating when I said that Luke Harper was the sort of uh, acrobatic... Athlete of the Wyatt family because he's like six foot six. I wouldn't have expected that. But he just he just hit him with a a, a very real flying drop kick. Oh, let's see that replay. Which we were just seeing replay. Oh <laughs> yeah. And he's Dean, shocked. And Dean Ambrose also probably having cartoon cuckoos over his head right now. But Luke Harper has has tagged out. Bray Wyatt is back in. Oof, and. Just wiped out Dean Ambrose with a, a running body press. Uh, he's a, Bray Wyatt is a big boy. He is not... Uh, there's a lot of muscle under that gristle uh, on, on Bray I, Wyatt. Yeah, I wouldn't... He's, uh, I would say, probably th- at least 300 pounds. Uh, all these guys on the Wyatt side. Yeah. Ooh. Oh! Yeah, so... This is uh, Dean Ambrose now is on the uh, is on the receiving end of a three on one sort of beatdown. The Wyatts are now uh, trying to crush his skull. Yeah, Doing noogies. Yeah, knuckle so sandwiches. it's a knuckle sandwich. Is the real name of that move? <laughs> uh, Eric Rowan, this giant Viking janitor-looking guy. <laughs> uh, he uh, he cleans the he cleans the bathrooms at Valhalla. He looks a little <laughs> like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> is your is your dad a, a, a Viking janitor? No, but he shaved his head and had a long beard like that once. Yeah, and close. He's got red hair. Close enough. So, uh, Dean Ambrose now is where uh, Luke Harper was a minute ago as far as being isolated and kind of being picked apart. And uh, the thing about the S.H.I.E.L.D. guys is that I think pretty clearly... Oh, he's just getting his ear Aww. ground down. <laughs> No, that's just like beating a dead horse. Yeah. Dean Dead Horse Ambrose. <laughs> oh. But I think it's fair to say that none of the S.H.I.E.L.D. guys are as tough as... Like, if we're, if we're going to break this down, think of it like video game-wise. Okay. The S.H.I.E.L.D. guys, none of them have as many hit points as the Wyatt guys do, if that makes sense. So, like, they're... Fighting stamina is kind of a little shorter, and they're just right. More they're suited for. They're faster. Yeah. They're faster, but each shield guy can take less punishment than his opposite number on the Wyatt side. I think is a good way to think of it. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, what that means is that if the shield wants to win this match, they have to constantly do more damage than the than the Wyatt guys, which is yeah. tough because the Wyatt guys are probably also stronger. So. Yeah. They're faster and probably have better chemistry and more experience as a team, but they're at a real disadvantage as far as the actual physical uh, matchup here. But 
the Shield guys have beaten plenty of other established teams. And they are, oh, so Seth Rollins came in like a house of fire, and it looked like he kind of had Luke Harper reeling for a minute. But thanks to a quick distraction from Eric Rowan, it looks like Luke Harper is now going to throw him off the top rope to his probable death. That wasn't what I thought oh, was going to Oh, rest in pieces. Oh, wait. Yeah, Seth. I thought he was just going to be like, no, I don't want to say it, number one. <laughs> <laughs> that would be another really bad joke. <laughs> bad, bad jokes and B-plus impressions are a bread and butter, so please don't feel bad. So, <laughs> so what we just saw, we're now seeing Seth sort of do what he needs to do, which is leverage his speed, leverage his agility. He did that beautiful backflip to counter being thrown to his death from the top rope, landed on his feet, and now sailing through the air, he, oh, he missed that jump and, ah, got planted. Uh And that's a one, two, and that's it. Uh, He didn't get the three. But now... It's pretty cool how Bray Wyatt can just put his arm out and call for a tag, and his guys just do it. <laughs> and now he's now we have Bray Wyatt taking uh, Seth Rollins to the outside, where he's just sort of repeatedly dropping knees onto his head. Oh, and then a, a running senton, where he just sort of drove all of his weight down on Seth. And we see Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose sort of yelling at him, but not actually helping Seth. He's got a little... Did you ever see Orgasmo? Oh, yes. Many times. Why? He's Chota Boy. Okay, yeah, I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) Two. Yep, another two. So, at this point... So, is this, like, dirty? Like, are they not both supposed to be in there? or? Well, you have five seconds after a tag... For, your, for the non-legal man to get out of the ring. I see. Okay. Oh. And another massive strike on Seth Rollins here. Ow! Yeah! <laughs> uh, he's, he's got some cartoon, uh, cartoon facial expressions. I can just see the lump rising. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of Looney Tunes physicality to this match. I'll, I'll grant you that. Oh. <laughs> I love the little leg kickies. Yeah. So Seth was sort of uh, he w- he was sitting up, uh, and he took a, a big like sliding forearm to the back from Eric Rowan, and he kind of just fell forward and kicked his feet on the ground. Like a tiny tantrum. Yeah, like a tantrum, or like he was maybe gonna start writing in his diary. <laughs> Screaming Dude. into a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't like this dude. He's very. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bitch slap. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Luke Harper. I think of the of the Wyatt family seems the most invested in taunting the Shield guys. I think he's he might be uh, he might be the cruelest yeah. of them. He seems to be enjoying this the most. Um, Eric Rowan seems almost like uh, he's our Viking friend. Eric Rowan seems almost blank. He almost, he's Mongo. Yes, he's yeah. Mongo. He's a he's a she's very literally a sheep, right? He came in with the sheep mask and he's just there to follow orders. Uh, Bray Wyatt seems angry, which probably unless you, you you don't start a swamp cult unless you're angry about a lot of things. But you see him or very, any cult really, right? Or any cult, but he uh, 
he seems very angry, and that comes out in his physicality. But I think the most actively malicious one is probably Luke Harper. He seems to get the most joy out of actually hurting people, mm-hmm. which is an interesting an interesting contrast. You know, we saw different physicality and different attitudes within the shield, but it's interesting to see that uh, manifest itself in the Wyatt family too. They're, they're very similar physically, but they seem to have different priorities as far as how and why they hurt people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of weird that, because, um, you know, like, a lot of cult leaders are not very violent. They just have their followers do it for them. Right. So, it is kind of weird that... Um, Duck Dynasty dude. Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Ooh. Who uh, just who was just uh just did something very violent to Seth Rollins. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Ow. <laughs> Sparta kicked. Yeah. Oh. So so Dean Ambrose just kinda rolled into the ring to try to help. <laughs> and he just rolled out. <laughs> he rolled right back out. <laughs> yeah. He rolled in to try to save his buddy Seth Rollins and immediately was intercepted by a horrifying looking kick to the face. From uh, <laughs> from uh, Luke Harper here, and now Roman Reigns uh, Roman Reigns wants to come in and help, but the referee is not allowing it. He's not allowed to come in because a tag has not been made. Technically, <coughs> uh, Dean Ambrose was not allowed to come in either, but I think the referee didn't even get a chance to scold him for it because he immediately got kicked in the face and almost died. <laughs> So Seth uh, finally just managed to uh, to sort of catch Luke Harper with a kick to the back of the head, uh, right to the bald spot there, <laughs> and uh, and is now tagging in Roman Reigns. Actually, a cool story about. Uh, oh, I don't want to. I don't know if I should talk over. Roman Reigns is now in the ring for the first time, really, and he's going to be uh, his big. He's going to do his big flashy... He just picked up a man that weighs 300 pounds like he was nothing. Yeah. And dropped him down. Uh, now Luke Harper's uh, throws him out of the ring, and he just moves past him and blasts Eric Rowan <laughs> with a drop kick. Ducks. Luke Harper falls out of the ring. And uh, another huge oh. slam on a very large person uh, before it gets broken up by Bray Wyatt. Uh and here comes Dean Ambrose again, <laughs> just sort of leaping at He's him. like a chihuahua. Yeah. <laughs> he just leapt at him with arms and legs akimbo. Like, uh, he, he leapt at him like he was a Garfield stuffed animal with suction cup hands stuck to the backseat of someone's, the, you know, the rear windshield of somebody's car. And now here comes <laughs> six foot six Luke Harper sailing out of the ring, and now here comes Seth Rollins, also sailing out oh, of the ring. I want to join, too. They're <laughs> just having a floor party. Yep, cuddle puddle. <laughs> and, uh, one, two, and, uh, oh. and, uh, Roman Reigns went for a pin there on, uh, ooh, Gosh. and a double clothesline, and both of these <laughs> giant men have just knocked each other to the ground, and we're back on sort of, uh, even, uh, even ground here. But, I, Roman Reigns and his uh, his big comeback sort of uh, interrupted my cool story about Luke Harper's bald spot, <laughs> which is that uh, 
his bald spot is actually not natural. He shaved it that way? He didn't shave it. Is he a monk? No, he had had his his head got split open. Oh. And he had it stapled. And they were like, do you want us to... Basically, he didn't go to get the staples removed because he thought it would be cooler if he had, like, a big scar on his head. (laughs) I mean... Yeah. So it didn't heal right because, you know, aesthetically. <laughs> I don't even have words to say that, but I mean, like, you do you, I guess. So uh, what we're seeing right now is uh, they were about to try to throw uh, Seth Rollins through the announce table, which was the Shield's sort of big, uh, big move was to do a triple power bomb. And they would triple powerbomb guys through the announce table. And that was like their exclamation point. So that you knew one of their attacks was over. And the other guys were not getting back up. Yeah. So it looked like the Wyatt family were about to try to give them a taste of their own medicine. By two of the Wyatt guys about to throw Seth Rollins through the table. But Dean Ambrose came out of nowhere and attacked Bray Wyatt. And dragged him over the guardrail. And at this point we have Roman Reigns and... Eric Rowan, the two powerhouses, slugging it out in the ring. We have Luke Harper and uh, Seth Rollins laying down hurt, recovering on the outside. And we have uh, Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt fighting cartoonishly through the crowd. (laughs) I always love those crowd fights. Yep, so now we're back on the outside. We have uh, Harper and, uh, and Rollins getting back up, trading hands. Uh, and, oh. <laughs> and Rollins oh, was trying to fight uh, fight his way out by hitting uh, hitting Luke Harper with uh, a video monitor, but Bray Wyatt apparently has won the audience fight because <laughs> you're he, just taking them all out. And, is this the Spanish table? Because I remember they had the, the Spanish, Spanish announce table. Yeah, yeah, they would just destroy it every other match or something. Yeah, so now we have. Eric Rowan fighting uh, Roman Reigns on the inside, and we have Luke Harper and Bray Wyatt preparing to throw uh, Seth Rollins through the table on the outside. <laughs> and now we have Bray Wyatt with that very creepy, dead look in his eyes, sort of summoning uh, his two charges here to, uh, to take out Seth Rollins. Who's, who's doing his best to fight out, but these two guys are very large, and he's already very hurt. Three. And, um, <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and Seth Rollins crashes through the announce table. So at this point, uh, it is very much a three-on-one fight. Seth Rollins is probably not getting back up. He's been taken out at the ringside. We have Dean Ambrose missing an action somewhere near the concession stands, I guess. He's getting a hot dog. He's getting a hot dog. <laughs> and we have now the uh, we have now the shield, uh, the remnants of the shield, which is just Roman Reigns. And uh, he's he's surrounded. Now remember what I said at the beginning: how the shield used to like to surround a guy in the ring. Oh, they like back on them on three sides, and Roman Reigns has been cornered at this point and he uh his his beautiful cold steel gray eyes look very <laughs> worried 
And also beautiful, did we mention that? And also very beautiful. <laughs> very um, so here he is. He's trying his best uh, at this point, but the, uh, the Wyatts are now throwing each other at him. <laughs> Ow. That's like the family guy, I'm dead pose. Yeah, I was just going to say, this, <laughs> the sort of Seth MacFarlane, uh, Seth MacFarlane kick, or, or, or corpse collapse, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So now we had, uh, we had Eric Rowan thrown into uh, Roman Reigns, and then Luke Harper dropped to his feet, or dropped to his knees, and sort of signaled for Bray Wyatt to come in. And here he is. Aww. Gives him a kiss on the forehead, and Roman Reigns Did is he... fighting out, and Bray Wyatt seems very surprised that he's able to fight out of this hold. That is Bray Wyatt's uh, signature finishing move called Sister Abigail's Kiss. <laughs> Don't ask too many questions about it. That sounds very Japanese. <laughs> so there goes uh, Luke Harper out of the ring. A flying punch, a Superman punch to... Uh, uh, to Eric Rowan, another Superman punch to Bray Wyatt. And at this point, Roman has cleared the ring. He's just got one guy at this point to take out. So at this point, it's down to one-on-one, -on -one, the leaders of these two teams. And he is uh, he's stalking him. His finishing move is a monstrous spear, uh, much like Goldberg. And he's going for it, and mm. Luke Harper runs into the ring to take the bullet for his... Uh, his savior, I guess. And here... Ah, Is that another kiss? Bray Wyatt, yep, that's the kiss. <laughs> that time it connected. One, two, three. Oh. And the Wyatt family has defeated the shield. And everyone is very tired. And sweaty. And so very sweaty. Right, yeah. And they were sweaty beards, before they came in there. Beards everywhere. Well, you can't tell if it's sweat. They might have just upended... A whole gallery. Well, you said ice bucket challenge. Oh, yeah. Could be. Could be. But this. Uh, so that that's the end of this match. The Shield systematically destroyed by the Wyatt family. So is this uh, is this what you expected wrestling to be like nowadays? Because this certainly wasn't what wrestling was like when we were youngsters. Oh, it certainly wasn't. No, th this is certainly a lot more athletic, a lot more high energy. Mm-hmm. Were there any parts of the match that really stood out to you? The cartoon aspects, probably. The cartoon aspects? There I, were... I didn't expect it to be so Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. You wouldn't necessarily expect them to have... Uh, to have. I mean, the characters don't necessarily, but the performers clearly have a sense of humor about this. Mm -hmm. To especially, especially Luke Harper, who I think is, in character, probably the creepiest one. But I think as a performer, is definitely having the most fun out there. So this is this is 2014. We talked a little bit about where we are in 2018. What do you think? Uh, what do you think happened to these guys in the interim? Well, I know Roman Reigns is still around. Roman Reigns is all. Uh, all these guys are still around, more or less. Okay. Uh, Roman Reigns is uh, currently WWE Universal Champion. Oh. Um, Yay. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> um, in the meantime, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose were also world champions. Really? Uh, really? Bray Wyatt also oh. was world champion, at least once. Oh. So Luke Harper and Eric <laughs> Rowan went on to be tag team champions. Uh, and Luke Harper was also intercontinental champion for a hot minute. 
I'm proud of Scrappy Doo. Yeah, he's actually uh, he's actually doing very well right now. He got uh, he had a very bad uh, bicep tear. Oh. And when he came back, like is a completely different dude. He put on uh, probably thirty pounds of muscle. Ooh. Wow. He got a much better haircut. <laughs> that weird, that weird stringy number that he had there. He grew, he grew a beard. Tumblr has always been thirsty for Dean Ambrose, but like Tumblr is thirsty for 2018 Dean Ambrose. Let me tell you. <laughs> I I'll shot. have to look that up. Yeah. So, well, I should say, he's he's definitely blossomed into a more. Uh, more robust figure. You're using all these words that make it sound like he went through puberty. Like it, in the it, past honestly, three years. it honestly looks like he went through puberty. Like, hold on, I'm gonna print. It's up. a glow up. It's a it's a very real glow up. I'm gonna find a photo of, of Dean Ambrose right now, and y'all are gonna be like, oh okay. So here's 2018 Dean Ambrose. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I I don't mean I don't mean to. That guy fucks. Yeah. Yeah, big time. So that was uh, that was the shield, that was the Wyatt family. Well, I guess I should ask, do you still hate wrestling half of the way? Nah. No, did I? So I succeeded then. I've I've I've, I've won you over to my swamp cult. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're uh, staring at your lamp, and you're about to blow it out. <laughs> Can I say something that really bothers me about that? He lights what is very clearly a kerosene lamp. It's a fake lamp when he turns. Yeah, yeah. He's in the back, like when they play it on the video screen, and he's like, uh, "Chicago, we're here," and he lights the lantern, and then the lights go out, and it cuts to him walking out with a fucking LED lantern. Like we're not going to be able to tell. I know what <laughs> fire looks like. It's not blue. It's not blue. Blue if it's really hot. Yeah. Maybe he's got a really hot fire in there. <laughs> he used there was a there was a short period of time where he would take the real kerosene lamp down like a real Coleman lantern down to the ring. But I think uh, I think they probably got a call from a fire inspector <laughs> somewhere like you cannot do that. You cannot have like a live uncontrolled un uncontained fire. How there are many many uh, civic ordinances against walking around in an arena full of people with a kerosene lamp. <laughs> but it always just bugs me, like, because you know what? I used to sell, peek behind the curtain, I used to sell lighting. I know that you can get an orange LED. Mm. Yeah. I know you can. You can get LEDs that flicker. This is a multi-million dollar international media corporation. You can get a lantern that looks like it's really made of fire. I mean, don't they make new costumes like every other week? You yeah. think they can afford like a little... John Cena Orange gets a new life. t-shirt like every two weeks. <laughs> How much could it cost to... Listen, I could build you... WWE, listen, it's me, once again. Uh, I, I just... I know I just pitched you the idea about... About Joustomania. And I still want to do that. And I still want you to give me a million dollars. But listen. <laughs> I want you to give me about $250. And I will build Bray Wyatt a lantern that looks like it's really fire. I mean, you could even give him one of those, like, Party City ones with the little flickery Yeah, the little orange. flickery thing. Yeah, it's just like a piece of cloth that yeah. back and forth. Literally anything. <laughs> like, I am willing to believe that they are hillbilly cultists that teleport, but I will not suspend my disbelief on this LED. This is the hill that I'm going to die on. <laughs> this has been another episode of I Hate Wrestling. 
I'm Matt, your host, your international man of wrestling, your doctor of fisticuffs. I want to thank my guests, Shannon and Jay, for coming all the way out from beautiful Shirley, Long Island. <laughs> I want to thank my good friend, Corinne Dodenoff, for designing my logo. You can reach me, uh, you can see me on Facebook at, uh, at I Hate Wrestling. I am available online at ihwpod.com. Uh, hit me up on Instagram, hit me up on Twitter. I should be I should be a gracious host, and I should ask you all if you have anything you want to plug. I mean, I do art. I have an art Facebook. Um, it's uh, Portraits by Jay Zoli. I post drawings and comics and things there, and thanks. Okay. <laughs> Shannon, anything you want to plug? Should we wait until they... It's Jersey City. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Sad Trombone MP3 on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> And and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, all you post is an, is an MP3 of a sad trombone over and over again every day. Right? Is that correct? Yeah, that one. <laughs> okay. Um, that's very good. So, <laughs> so, do you all remember how the show ends? <laughs> I, have to, uh, I have to ask you, if you were going to be... A pro wrestler. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. What would your character be? Oh, I already have this. I already know this. Um, so I would like to be a pro wrestler called the Gender Bender, <laughs> where I come out as a different gender every match. So I'm like male one match and female one match and like who fucking knows one match. <laughs> okay. I got a beard. I'm... Pigtails. Be- yeah, beautiful makeup. <laughs> um, and I want to confuse everybody. Um, and I'm really short, so I'd probably be better off, like, jumping around doing high-flying stuff, so maybe I'd kind of be into that. Okay. Shannon, what is your wrestling character? Probably somebody who just sleeps. (laughs) So just like, uh, do you ever see those, um... The hibernator. Yes. (laughs) I was gonna say, there was that guy who made those, like, live creations of, like, recreations of Garfield comics... (laughs) <laughs> on YouTube, and just I—he's got like a big, like full-body Garfield suit. Uh huh. Oh no, I know, I know. That the Meminator. The Meminator. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so how does the Meminator end a match? Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Three full-grown teleporting hillbilly swamp cultists. <laughs> Which, you know, no shame in that. No yeah, shame in that. If they can teleport, why can't they do it, like... <laughs> Mid-match? Yeah. <laughs> Just more, sort of Mortal Kombat style? It's not how like, powers work. Like... Well, that's like, that's like Kane back in the day. Why didn't he just light somebody on fire in the middle of a match if he wanted to do it so bad? <laughs> I think teleportation might be illegal. You might get disqualified for for uh, teleporting. The uh, the state athletic board they're very hard on teleportation. Yeah, matches. I don't know. <laughs> they they let some weird things happen during matches.